Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right, John. This week, we are talking about the death of the Google Stadia. The Google Stadia! Um, so, to refresh my memory, how long has this thing been out? Three years. Okay, and it's all like cloud-based. Like you don't, you have the, you have your, your controller. Yeah. But you connect to uh, a box. Uh, you connect the controller straight to your Wi-Fi. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, and then you just play and stream games. Yep. Yep. And it goes straight to your TV. So like the. And don't the reason- they have? Ex- don't they have exclusive studios or studios working on exclusive games or didn't they? I mean, yes. And they also paid a lot of money for exclusives. Like, so they paid developers to make exclusive games for them or timed exclusives was kind of like what they had. Um, and then they paid a lot of money to have like rockstar put like red dead two and stuff like that on this service. Like, uh, right off the bat, Dan date with everything else and everything. So like they, there's just a, there's a lot there. So, yeah, it's a uh, it's 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 interesting. Um, it's odd, like, but at the same time, like, it. I don't know. It's just I you I I haven't heard much about like buzz about Google's gaming services um, for a long time, for like a year now. Um, I know like Destiny, like so they paid to have like Destiny on the service, right? So the Destiny was like a a thing there, and Destiny would use like basically pre-launch things onto Google Stadia in order to like use that as like a uh, a test bed for their other like platforms and things like that. So like Google users, uh, Google Stadia users could opt in to like get like the latest possible patches and stuff like that because basically it was easier for them so they would just update it server side and then it would be fed to like obviously you don't have to like push an update like that people have to download or anything because it's all cloud-based. So um, I know like Bungie liked to use it, uh, the, that technology a lot to, uh, to do things. So anyway, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> Is this the end of cloud gaming, Chris? I mean, we, uh, you know, I was pretty harsh on it last week. So I think Google, uh, listens to our show and was oh, like, well, no. crap. Remember? I was, yeah, I do. Yeah. You, you did it. You like, you, you're the one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, no one's giving me credit, but I'll take the credit. I mean, I mean, do you want the credit though? Because, <laughs> like, you know, I mean, people you know, losing like, jobs. I mean, there's like all sorts of nonsense that's associated uh, yeah, yeah, with know, anything like you, this. You know, you know that that part sucks. But I, I will say, you know, just you're a villain for all time at that point. I mean, so, yeah, like you know, you know yeah, it's I, the whole Batman line. If you uh, isn't it Batman? You know, if you uh, you either, um, what is it? Crap! Why can't I remember it now? Is it, you either, you, is it you either die a hero or you yes. live long enough to see yourself become the villain? Is that right? Exactly. So yeah. this is my, you I've lived was, long enough to be, start becoming become the, villain. the villain. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Huh. 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 I see. I see. You know, there's taking out entire <laughs> industries with a, with a speak of a word. So we'll talk, we'll talk about the Google Stadia thing as uh, a little bit later in the podcast, the main topic. Um, dive into a couple of different like you know factors there talk a lot a little bit about like you know 
why potentially this happened because like there's other streaming services that are out there that like um there's like there's the x cloud thing that's attached to game pass there's uh what is it amazon's uh luna service um and there's there's some other ones um that have you know that are just like out there um and uh you know so we'll talk about maybe well what what that means for the the rest of the the industry there um but chris what have you been up to this week <laughs> that's a great question john i literally just got done saying uh i have done like nothing uh <laughs> the what i'll tell you what i have been spending my time doing i don't even know like what have i been doing i've been watching uh part more parks and rec has been just kind of the i'm watching through it again um but then all my extra time honestly has been um i'm uh doing another battle of the bands and so i've been practicing my guitar a lot and playing guitar and uh um, you know, we uh, have a Halloween party coming up, so I've been getting ready for that. Like, there's just been a lot of like non-entertainment things taking up life. Watching a lot of baseball, but I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, and uh, so that's honestly all I've been up to. I mean, <laughs> the, that, the lamest segment, but I mean, that, that you know that happens. That happens sometimes. You know, sometimes you know it can't all be like oh, brand new, brand new TV show, brand new movie, brand new game. Like it can't all be that. It has to be other things. So uh, totally, totally understandable. Um, well, this week, Chris, I've been up to a couple of things. The first one that I, the, the one that I'll talk about here is uh, I watched the first three episodes. They dropped three episodes of Andor. Uh, the television sh- show, Star Wars, Star Wars show, um, Rogue One prequel, um, I guess is kind of like the, the easiest way to, to put that for people. But uh, but those first three episodes, I very much enjoyed them a lot. Mm. Um, you texted me and it was like, hey, you have to watch all three all at the same time. Y- yes. Yes. Like, so here's the deal, Chris. It feels like to me, and I don't know why they did this. I don't know if it's like, I genuinely don't understand it. But each of the three episodes <laughs> should have been like it should have been one episode. Like they're only like 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 thirty five minutes long or for thirty you know forty one minutes long, whatever, right? And then and then but if you smash them together, it's like okay, that's a feature length like kind of a film situation here. And that's what it should have been because that it that would have felt exactly right. Like I watched them back to back to back to back, and if I hadn't done that, it would have felt just odd. <laughs> Um, and, and like, it's, they are, they are like acts in, in an arc, like, and you kind of need those. And there's a couple people that I've talked to that like weren't into it until the last one. (laughs) And they were like, they were like, I'm so in because like the first, like it sets up things in the first two. And then like, you know, it's like if basically all you watched was the first like third of any movie and then it's like, okay, there, there, there it is. That's it. It's like, ooh, I don't know if that feels good. So I'm interested to see what episode four. They dropped episode four this week. I'm interested to see if it's going to go the same way where it's like, okay, is that like a self-contained story or is that going to be like feel like an act one to like a second story within this this uh, with these characters and stuff. And if that's the case, like if, it, if they're going to go like and do the act thing, I'm just going to wait for like the each bundle of three to come out and watch them that way because I, I just like much prefer a, a kind of like full on resolution where I don't have to remember from week to week like, OK, what pins did we set up to knock down this week, you know, and and that sort of thing. Um because like TV, the art of uh, art of good television is that like each episode, it really feels like 
it both moves like a plot line forward for like the ongoing stuff and also has a self-contained like very much um emotionally fulfilling arc within each episode like that's the the best tv does that it doesn't just rely on like hey let's you know we're building up to a big thing here um it's it definitely has like their own like payoffs within each episode so this the first three episodes like they feel like like if you watch them all three together they have massive payoff and they're fantastic like um i'll say like this is the most different feeling thing that we've had from uh from disney star wars um whenever i like whenever on the first episode within the first like few minutes of it it's like i'm like this is great like this is like noir kind of like star wars which is uh which is which is fantastic um but then like you know it goes on and i'm like man this is it just kind of builds and builds and builds um i was in from the get-go but a lot of people like you know i talked to said the couple people that i talked to said that they weren't in until the third episode kind of finished because like they were like after the first episode i was like i don't know about this after the second episode they're like i don't know it's a little bit better and then the third episode they're like this is amazing so Watch all three episodes together, the first three. I will do that. They're all like, are, are they all are they all uh, around kind of the same length that um, like Boba Fett and uh, Mandalorian are? Yeah, yeah, where it's just, just shy of like what you would think of like an hour-long TV show would do. So like 40 minutes-ish of actual like, of actual story time and then the credits obviously add a couple minutes after that, but... Um, so like 40 minutes or so, um, the acting is fantastic. The music is also fantastic. I think the the composer is the same person who does like uh, succession and stuff like that. So like it's, it's, it's very interesting and different for star Wars. Um, the acting is fantastic. And like, man, like, uh, Diego Luna is, is a fantastic actor and everybody else supporting that actor is like also really good at what they're doing. And so, I don't know, man. I'm uh, I'm very into it. It's uh, it's kind of like, it was like I was ever. I'm I'm super excited every week for uh for for Rings of Power, and so that, that's what it's been. But then like nice. now I'm like, man, it's Rings of Power and Andor for the next few weeks, you know. So yeah, um, I, well, Andor isn't it a full 22 episode season? I think it's like tw- I think it's half that. I think it's like 12. Um, but they have already planned and they've already like greenlit a season one and a season two, and that's the end. So like. There's they have like a, a a plan for the entire show. So like and so I would imagine like the whole show will be about twenty twenty two episodes of season one plus season two. So, um, hang on, hang on, yeah, two parts spanning twenty four episodes total. Nice. 12, twelve. Yep. Um, I saw like the only thing I've seen with Andor is I saw um an interview with Diego Luna. Uh, I think he was on James Corden. And uh, I, this is the the best thing I think I have heard in a while. So uh, growing up in Mexico, when people would say R2-D2, he, he uh, always thought they were saying um, uh, Archeritu. That's what it was, Archeritu, which in uh, Spanish means little Arthur. And so he grew up believing that Archeritu's name was little arthur which yeah, is amazing that's great because like r 2 <laughs> is is like if you yeah r2d2 uh, you know if you say it quickly yes. or whatever yes 
Well, yeah. I love the I love the idea that you you know you think this little uh, uh, droid, this robot, is named Little Arthur. That's amazing. It's funny. I I actually <laughs> like uh, I I saw someone talk about that clip, and and there was a lot of people like being like. Yeah, same. <laughs> I thought the same. You know, yes, a lot of, a lot of Spanish speaking people in awesome. the comments being like, "Oh, I thought I saw that. Like, I thought <laughs> literally the same thing." That's amazing. So it's, oh that's, that's really awesome. Um, it's funny. Like, it's really nice to have like him, and then like the the way that this came back, and then also like um, you know, with obviously with Obi Wan, we've talked about how like how much of a cool thing it is that that's coming back. Are, are like Rogue One, <laughs> Rogue One, like the, this being like the 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 you know him from Rogue One coming back to do Star Wars is is, is I'm it's fantastic. I'm so happy that this is uh, that this is happening, and it feels very like they're they're not like wasting the shot to like to do this. It feels like because it because it is so different from almost everything that I've seen um, within Star Wars. The funny thing is like this show, it feels like if you removed the star Wars from it. Like if you like, it could just be a really cool sci-fi show, you know, like if it's like, it, it has like the star Wars thing and it feels star Wars. But like, if you took that out of it, it's like, it would still feel like a really cool, um, really cool sci-fi show. So like, and I, I like that aspect of it as well, that like it can stand on its own from, from that, you know, from a from a just show perspective of like hey this is a really cool thing despite being not not because it's star wars but like you know just it's a cool thing and it also has star wars <laughs> yeah yeah that's awesome well chris i think it's time for a pick of the week pick of the week <laughs> all right john what's your pick of the week my pick of the week this week is a podcast um, from the. Let me see. So, so let me let me make sure I I, uh, I get everything get everything right here. I've listened to the first episode of this podcast, and it's a. It is essentially like a narrative. It's almost like an audiobook style podcast um, from writer uh, Gary Witta, who actually like was uh, was part of the writing team of of Rogue One. Um, but the podcast is like a, it's like a self, uh, self-published kind of, uh, thing. And, and he did it like as a radio drama ish thing. Like he had, has somebody like they write, wrote some music for it. Somebody's reading it. It's not like a radio drama in the way that like some of the more recent, like, um, like star Wars radio dramas are where they have sound effects and like stuff like that. Like there's not sound effects here. Like it's, it's more leaning more towards like audiobook radio drama than it is towards like, um, like, a like sound effects, you know, and oh, I'm walking up the stairs. Thump, 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 thump. Like it's not going for, for that type of a thing, but, uh, but it is, it has like cool music that'll swell in and come in at, at cool key moments and stuff like that. Um, the title of the podcast is called gun dog. So G U N D O G. Um, and uh, the story revolves around aliens coming in and uh and you know getting into you know a, a, a battle with with people on earth and the the people on earth have uh like they they basically get beat and so this is that and the uh this is the story there and then one of the one of the characters uh kind of 
talks about the gun dogs being the the they, the humans took like alien technology and built giant mechs to battle the uh to battle the 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 aliens and so like it's it's kind of like uh you know i i assume at some point we're going to find one of these like so after chapter one after episode one i i we haven't found a gun dog or anything like that but i assume that that's going to happen at some point um but it's so far it's really good i'm very into it i uh i I enjoyed the first episode and i immediately was like oh can i get the next episode next episode is not available for free to anyone until uh october 4th or something like that so like next week sometime um but episode one was very 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 good so uh everybody should check out gun dog on your podcasting platform of choice i i assume it's everywhere it's it's on apple for sure um but uh but yeah check out gun dog by gary witta that's awesome what is your pick of the week this week chris oh man my pick of the week so i'll make this brief so there's a couple of things going on in uh in baseball right now that have been super cool and especially as a as a cardinals fan um so our pool holes has been playing with the st luke's cardinals this is last season he came back um spent, he spent the first um 10 years of his career with uh, the cardinals and then um, he went to the Angels for um, about eight, I think, and then uh, he was with the Dodgers for one um, and then decided to come back and uh, play for the Cardinals again for his last season. He, uh, he's, you know, he's been playing for such a long time and he's you know, played at a consistently high level that um, he, uh, this season, you know, it was like, okay, if, if he gets a, a good number of at-bats, he had a chance you know, to um, – now, number one, uh, move into fourth in all-time uh, home runs hit um, after uh, Barry Bonds, Babe Ruth, um, Hank Aaron, and uh, then he could move above Alex Rodriguez all-time. And so that happened a couple weeks ago, and then he, he's been kind of uh, you know moving toward breaking 700 career home runs. And so he did that um, la- over the weekend. Uh, well, in Dodger Stadium, which is cool because um, it was, it, you know, of all the places, if it, it was going to happen besides somewhere besides St. Louis, it was cool that it happened there because he really credits um, that half of a season last year with the Dodgers as really like making him like passionate about baseball again. He was going to just retire, and and uh, the fans there and the team and um, just being a part of that uh, historic uh, uh, team and ballpark again, like that made him. Be like, okay, I can. I'll, I want to do this for one more season and go back to St. Louis and and uh, and keep and keep playing for another season. And so it was really really cool that he he hit uh, hit it there. He actually hit six ninety nine and seven hundred in that stadium. He's he's there's only two people in the history of baseball that have over three thousand RBIs and uh, seven hundred plus home runs, and it's now Albert Pujols and Babe Ruth, and uh, that's crazy. Like just like you know. Uh, and it's always like there, there's always another – once you hit that point, you know, because you think about like this was kind of happening, you know, with Derek Jeter when he was retiring and all that kind of stuff. Like there's always another record that you're real close to breaking, you know. So like uh, you, you can't necessarily like just chase all of them at that point. You know, you have to just be, kind of be be uh, content with, you know, what you've done. But And he is. Uh, he's, you know, people keep asking him, you know, like if you're close to doing this or doing this, would you come back next year? He's like, no, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, it's been real cool to uh, to see him come back, and they just uh, clinched the uh, central division, so they're going to the playoffs. 
this year, and it's been real cool just to see uh, in his final year him do that, along with uh, on the team um, Yadier Molina is the catcher, and um, he and uh, Adam Wainwright moved into first all-time uh, starts of um, a uh, pitcher-catcher battery. And so they, I think it's 347 now or something like that, 347 starts. I mean, and they broke a, a, a record that's been standing for like since like almost the beginning of baseball. And so it's like, you know, in, in order for that to happen again, it'd have to be like, you know, you have to have a catcher and a pitcher who stay on the same team and who like equal, have equally long careers. And like it's just such a hard record to break. And then you've got Aaron Judge uh, uh, work, uh, for the Yankees. Um, he's uh, So Roger Maris was the home run leader until 1998 when Maguire broke the record and then um, Bonds uh, uh, set the record. Um, but Maguire and Bonds were both uh, National League uh, players. And, um, and so the American League home run record has still sat with Roger Maris at 61 home runs. And so... Uh, Air, uh, Judge is, um, has been kind of, he's, he's been playing incredible, uh, for the Yankees this year. And so he tied Roger Maris's record last night, um, hoping in the next, uh, few games, I think they have six games left, uh, that he can, uh, break that record. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of a fun time to be a, a baseball fan right now. It's awesome. That's awesome. Dude. So I guess just baseball. That's my, just that's my baseball. pick of the week. Dude, I baseball love it. Baseball in general. We, we, We've had baseball a few like a few times this pick of the week, like with various things, whether it's like uh, the All Star Game or this, this or that, you know. But this, I feel like this is pretty cool. That's a pretty cool yeah. one. I mean, I don't know, you know, like there's just a lot going on and some cool stuff happening, and uh, you know, it's not often that you get um, you get players that are doing stuff like this. You know, it's not like a every single day or every single year that somebody's you know like doing something like this. So it's yeah, cool. well, I mean, even even like you have to last a really long time through your career in order to get to the point of like some of these big records like that, you know, or it's like, it's just, and it becomes harder and harder, like the more and more times it's, it's broken, you know? So, um, yeah. And like, you know, the whole, the whole Oh yeah. Would you stay another with you? If you're close to this one, you stay another close to this one. It, it reminds me a little bit of like, you know, we had to, like, there's some entertainment news this week of like uh Hugh Jackman coming back for, uh, to be, uh, to be Wolverine again in the Deadpool three movie or whatever. <laughs> oh yeah. So, Cause he always talked about how it was like, it was like, he's like, Oh, I might come back if it was in the MCU, you know? <laughs> and so now we're here. So, um, but yeah, like, uh, and, and so like, it just, it's just funny to, to like think about, Oh man, like if I, if you just played, if you played like 10 more games, you'd be able to maybe break this next one or like whatever. And it's always going to be that. Like, it's always going to be like, oh man, if you just did one more thing, you might be able to break the next one. Um, but yeah, at some point you just, you just go, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm happy with, I'm happy with everything that's happened. So yeah, dude. So your pick of the week is gun dog by Gary Witta on your favorite podcast service of choice. And mine is baseball. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, it's time to talk about the stadia. Um, so this is crazy. Like, I mean, I mean, not necessarily crazy. I guess that's just a little hyper hyperbole uh, on my part. But I, it's something I didn't expect for sure. Yeah, me um, neither. Like, it, the thing, the thing that I'll bring up as well, like, is that they said that this wouldn't happen <laughs> like and of course they're gonna say that because like 
I uh, I sent you something from Jason Schreier um, where he like had said tweeted out he said like left he took a screenshot of two articles that uh, with quotes in them from uh, uh, Google Stadia boss Phil Harrison he says left Google Stadia boss Phil Harrison to me in 2019 and that says is this just another a- ambitious Google project that will disappear in a few years like Google Plus and there's this whole quote where where uh, Phil Harrison goes into and says like I understand the concern. But I think you have to do is look at the level of investment that we've made and continue to make in Stadia. This is not a trivial project by any means. Uh, this is a very, very significant cross-company effort that isn't just my team, it, but also across YouTube. It's across our technical infrastructure and, and networking team. It represents thousands of people who are working on the business. And then it, the, the on the right, he has the quote from Google Stadia boss Phil Harrison three years later. So a few years ago, we launched uh, a consumer gaming service, Stadia. And while Stadia's approach to streaming games for consumers was built on strong technology, uh, a strong technology foundation, it hasn't gained the traction with users that we expected. So we've made the difficult decision to begin winding down our Stadia streaming service. Um, and like, I believed them. Like I true, I truly was like, okay, well, yeah, this is going to be different. You have a lot of X, like, uh, like Phil Harrison, he's like an X Xbox person, which was, he was the Xbox head in, in the kind of like the dark days of the, of the Xbox one launch. But like, I truly was like, Hey, this is like, this is going to work out. This is all going to be fine. Um, I, they're, they're invested in this. Um, and then now it's like, no, I I guess they kind of (laughs) weren't. Well, here's, yeah, here's what's crazy um, is, so it, it released in 2019, um, and so it's been out there for, what, what, three years? And, like, to be honest, since it launched, I mean, it kind of just dropped off my radar. I haven't heard anything about it. Like, they're not marketing it. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I don't, I don't remember for the past few years of any kind of, like, presence or mention in press conferences like or like anything like if you want to grow something you gotta you can't just like passively expect it to grow yeah i feel like they just didn't market this at all like and again you know last week you know i I voiced like i just i don't personally have a need for cloud gaming um and i think like serious like you know if you're a competitive you know, Call of Duty player or something like that, you're going to get a box, like a piece of hardware because it's going to be faster and there's less lag and it's better. But like for casual fans, but like, you know, part of me wonders, like do casual fans want something like this where it, it is very like tech heavy where you have to really understand and know what you're doing in order to do it? It, it is actually easier to just, if you're casual, go buy a box and plug yeah. it into your TV. That's that's a good point. Like you know, because like you would have to market this at like you know we talk we've talked before like the uh you know the whole like a, a new segment of the market because it's like people who are have their consoles they're kind of embedded in whatever ecosystem they're embedded in and if they have all the boxes you know if they're 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 fortunate enough to have have all the systems then it's like okay you've got options you're not looking for like those those people are not really looking for like another option um especially not an option that you sit in front of your tv with um if you can do it off your phone or like whatever device you're on like that's one thing um that's that's one of the use cases that i've had with like cloud gaming on xbox um but like if like with the stadia proposition it was like hey connect this controller to your wi-fi and then your your tv connects to the wi-fi and it streams to both simultaneously and it's like the lag is, is really good and stuff and supposedly the tech was really really pretty good but like 
that yeah you're right that's a hassle and so but so unless you direct your advertising and really go after the consumer that doesn't already have a a box or isn't already embedded in one of these other ecosystems PC or PlayStation or Xbox or or Nintendo it seems like you're not gonna not gonna grab a section like any part of the marketplace because you're not gonna pull those people away from their all like their devices that they're already kind of um, satisfied with um, for something that is like like you said like more lag has a little bit like the user experience is not as good and it, even if it's minuscule it's like well it's still not as good you know <laughs> like how many how many extra milliseconds is is uh is acceptable to to people whenever you have an xbox or a playstation sitting right there and it has zero lag you know so um yeah like you're you're, you're kind of hitting on it where it's like i feel like they just didn't push it to the people that potentially would would have wanted it yeah, I mean, let me read this article real quick. This is from um, The Verge, uh, written by Jay Peters and Alex Kranz. Google is shutting down Stadia's cloud gaming service. The service will remain live for players until January 18th, 2023, so not that long, just oh, a few man. months. Google will be refunding all Stadia hardware purchased through the Google Store, as well as all the games and add-on content purchased from the Stadia Store. Well, let's just pause expects... there. Like, real good on them for doing that. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and then it was crazy. So, I mean, I'll keep reading this, but like, I don't understand what, like, that's great. Cool. Like, very pro consumer move. Yeah. What was the point of all this? Like, what did, what did Google, I mean, maybe they just, they just write it all off as like a massive failure and there's like, well, that just didn't, didn't work out the way we wanted. But I'm like, it just seems. It's insane. I wonder if it has other implications because because the way that you know they, that Phil was talking about there was like oh yeah it's across it's across all the platforms and I remember there being a, a component of like YouTube where it's like if you were streaming onto YouTube you could like share your game state and other people could pick up like where they left off or like whatever like and if you were watching somebody on YouTube you can click it and be like I want to play that game and they click the click the the link and it takes them straight to where they can just jump right into whatever game they were watching having like streamed on YouTube. Um, and so part of me wonders if like there's like the benefit of like that technology and then the lag like hey we reduced the lag and had all these like AI predictive uh, like with the Destiny folks. So they talked about with Destiny on Stadia it was essentially calculating in the background what it thought you would do and pre-rendering a subset of those things. So it's like if, if, if you or if players typically always encounter this moment and throw a grenade, it's already pre-rendered in the background what throwing a grenade is like. And that was in order to cut down on lag. And that was like pretty revolutionary technology. Um, so part of me wonders if it's like, hey, like a lot of this was investment into other aspects of like AI predictive uh, predictive algorithms and things like that like and, and they're going to be able to use a lot of this tech elsewhere um, or maybe they have already started using this tech elsewhere and this was just kind of like a good test bed for it I don't know man like that's a good question I also wonder potentially were sales so low that they look at it closing this thing down and being like well it's not going to cost us that much to refund everybody <laughs> you know yeah, um, the well, I'll keep reading. <laughs> um, so Google expects those refunds will be completed mid-January. A few years ago, we also oh, this is the quote from Phil Harrison that you read. But a few years ago, we we also launched a consumer gaming service, Stadia. 
Uh, and while Stadia's approach to streaming games for consumers was built on a strong technology foundation, it hasn't gained the traction with users that we expected, so we've made the difficult decision to begin winding down our Stadia streaming service. End quote. Employees on the Stadia team will be distributed to other parts of the company. Harrison says, Google sees opportunities to apply Stadia's technology to other parts of Google like YouTube, Google Play, and its AR efforts. And the company also plans to make it available to our industry partners, which aligns with where we see the future of gaming headed, he wrote. So that's mm. the piece that like, I feel like mm. they are looking to sell this to and license it, maybe, the technology mm. to mm -hmm. other companies. Here's the other thing. I don't know that, like, I mean, again, back to my kind of, like, uh, not distrust. That's the wrong, wrong word. But, like, I just don't, like... Uh, skepticism of cloud gaming. Like, did it ever work to the, like, to the point where it was like, yeah, this is the thing, like we're doing this, you know? Good, good question. I, I like, I didn't try Stadia. I have tried like the, the, the cloud gaming on Xbox and that is good. Not like, I mean, it's, it, it okay. So if I were to put, draw an equivalent to what it feels like to play, um, it feels like what gaming felt like back like pre 360 PS3. So like PS2 era and original Xbox. Like it feels like some of the games did back then when you, like when there was a little bit like more um, input lag just inherent in games back then. And so like that's kind of what it feels like where it's like, okay, it feels a little bit heavier as you're walking around the world and like you'll make a decision and and, uh, and then you can't just like flip back around like super fast. It's it there's just a little bit little bit of extra extra time there. Um, or what it feels like uh, a more modern um, equivalent. You remember Bioshock Infinite? And yeah. like uh, whenever originally launched, if you left on like all of the, the film grain and all of these modes, there was a substantial amount of like, oh, it feels heavy or it's a little bit la of, of like a little bit of input lag. It feels like that whenever I've I've played uh, played played, you know, on my on my phone via uh, cloud gaming on Xbox. So, um yeah, so like that's so I guess like my point is it's like it's not the worst, but it's like if if I have the choice and I'm sitting here next to my my Xbox or even my like Switch or whatever and I'm playing a single player game, it's like I'm gonna opt for one of the others. You know, I'm gonna opt for one of my other options the, that doesn't have that input lag. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't know, man. Um, so continuing this. Google detailed some of the finer points of the shutdown in, a, in an FAQ. Refunds will be automatically made through the Google and Stadia stores, and you won't have to return any hardware because it won't work. Uh, Stadia <laughs> Pro subscriptions will Here, not be Here, you throw this away. <laughs> yeah, basically. Will not be eligible for a refund, but you will not be charged during the shutdown period and can access games you might have redeemed as a pro user until everything is wound down. Google has closed the Stadia store, so you can't buy games or in-game transactions. Stadia has been facing rumors of its demise, demise practically from the start. The writing has been on the wall for Stadia for a while now, most recently when Logitech announced its new cloud gaming handheld last week, and yeah. Stadia was one of the few cloud gaming services not mentioned. But Stadia <laughs> has been facing rumors of its demise practically from the start. Google has a habit of killing projects only a few years after they launch, and Stadia, a cloud gaming service from a company with few ties in the gaming industry, seemed like a prime candidate for an early demise. Last year, rumors abounded that it would shut down after the number of games released to the platform slowed and the company shuttered its in-house game development studios. When those rumors popped up again this year, Google insisted that Stadia was not shutting down. Rest assured, quote, rest assured, we're always working 
bringing more games, great games to the platform and Stadia Pro, end quote, which was true until today. Microsoft, which also invested heavily in cloud gaming, declined to comment. NVIDIA, which makes the GeForce Now cloud gaming service and AT&T, which used the Stadia tech to power a couple of game trials, didn't immediately respond to requests for comment. Hmm. Yeah. That's pretty crazy, dude. Interesting. I think, so, Stadia. It was such an odd value proposition from the beginning, too. Because, like, it was a subscription that you paid. And you got, like, a couple of of games with it, like, that were, were included. Um, but largely you still had to pay for your games. So like if you were going to play Red Dead 2 on this thing, you had to buy it there. Right. But then you would, you, like, it's basically just a digital copy that yeah. you could only play there. Yeah. Yeah. That was just basically, oh yeah, now I'm going to pay the 60 bucks to stream, to, to have the, the privilege, like the license to be able to play this game off of their servers. Right. So you didn't actually download anything. Like you didn't have any, like there's no files to, that you would have on your device so it the value proposition is just odd to me because it's like okay i'm basically paying a subscription fee rather than buying a console um simul you know around the same time like i mean i guess the all generation this generation since since xbox series s and x have been out xbox has a has a program where you can sort of do a similar thing to like a cell phone where you can um it's i think it's called xbox all access or something like that and you can get it through like gamestop or you can get through other retailers and you pay a monthly fee to like you pay off your your xbox as you play it like kind of like you do you can through like verizon on your phone or whatever right and so, and where it doesn't, it doesn't like, there's no like interest on it or anything like that. It's just, you're paying off over the course of like two years or something like that. And it includes the console and game pass in that. And so like that being like a, 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 a similar situation, but you actually have the console seems like a better value proposition than, than stadia, which was like, you, you only had the controller and it was, you know, like I said, the experience is a little bit, a little bit less. So I, I think from the get go, it's just it was confusing for consumers and a little bit of the value proposition being skewed towards other services that do s- the same thing um, better. So, yeah, like I uh, I guess it's, it isn't a surprise. It is that you they mentioned in there that they shuttered their uh, their development studios earlier in the year. So like all of that's already done. Um, that's not like a thing that is happening today. Um, I did see that some developers who are like launching their games exclusively to the platform or launching their games onto the platform didn't know about this until till today. And so, I mean, you would imagine that that's probably some legal type of a situation where you, you can't necessarily tell everybody involved that like something's happening before it happens. So like these developers who are like spending time and resources, you know, small, small developers to put things on the platform, um, in like November or, uh, are, you know, just about to like, they basically wasted their time, um, is what, what I was seeing. Like some developer being like, man, we're going to, we were planning on like up until today, we were thinking we were working to, de- to develop a version of the game to release on November 1st <laughs> to, to Stadia. Um, boy, wish we would have known about this before. Um, but I guess that's always going to happen no matter when one of these things does. And uh, it's just, yeah, an unf- you know, unfortunate, like, and you, you can't, know, like, yeah. I mean, I guess you could like maybe minutes before you, you do it, you know, tell your partners, but like, you don't want something to leak out the way you don't, you know, 
where you yeah. can't control the the narrative around it. So I, I totally get it. You know, it yeah. sucks. Well, and Hopefully again, like, they'll be able to... You know, an insider trade, even from like an insider trading perspective, I don't even know how legal it would be right. to like let people know beforehand, you know, because you could dump stock if you knew. The, uh, I think the, you know, luckily, hopefully a lot of these developers are able to uh, basically repackage these games for uh, PC and release it on Steam and maybe yeah. the consoles or something like that. Like, yeah. I mean... I know that's that's harder than me just saying the sentence. I realize that. <laughs> right click, like, save as Chris, save right. as PS Five. Right, but um, you know, hopefully uh, they're able to do that without uh, um, without having dramatically affecting um, what they were doing with it. And honestly, I, it kind of surprises me if people were like, who was releasing exclusive games on the Stadia anyway? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, probably because they were being paid. There was another thing from Jason Schreier where he was talking about how, like, how exorbitant the amounts of money that they spent on getting games not 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 getting like exclusives to the platform, but just getting games onto the platform. <laughs> they spent millions and millions of dollars um, to get to get games onto the platform. Um, so yeah, like that's a uh, it, it's it's interesting. You mentioned earlier uh, in there about the. Uh, the potentially they would like sell this as like a service to other people. And that's really interesting too, because like you really do have three big technology players from like a, a uh, server perspective. You have Microsoft who has like their Azure servers. Um, you have Amazon who has like all the S3 kind of stuff. And then you have Google. And so if, if this kind of, is able to like pivot to to that type of a of a of a service and a value proposition for them where it's like hey use our servers for your games like and it becomes more of a thing cuz like usually it's it's basically Microsoft's Azure stuff or Amazon and like that's it um for gaming in in a lot of cases and so like if if they are if they're able to make this a uh, a new thing going forward of like hey we're a like a bigger piece because of Stadia, we are a bigger piece of the gaming industry for servers, um, which they are now. Um, it, that would make make a lot of sense to like, oh, it makes 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 it worth it in the end to have done this thing for three years. If if now we have a better reputation for servers, yeah, dude, it's wild. I, uh, you know. Who, who knows what happens what happens next <laughs> i think the biggest thing for me i wouldn't even if like so if, if x cloud game or x i always call it x cloud they they call it microsoft what is it, xbox cloud gaming now it's just like really generic anyway so if x cloud wasn't included in game pass ultimate i wouldn't subscribe to it I guess is like, is the end of the day. Like I wouldn't do it as a separate service. Right. Um, unless it was just like, Oh, I'm gone for, you know, a few, couple days. Let me, let me try it. And I would maybe do like a month or something, a month, you know, every once in a while. But if it wasn't included, it wouldn't really appeal, but because it's included, I've used it a decent amount, you know, um, over the last year, uh, I've used it probably half a dozen times, you know? So like, you know, every other month or so I like, I play something, you know, either stream from the cloud to my phone and that's usually what it is, but you can also stream the games while you're downloading them in the background now, um, from game pass. 
um, to your console. And so like, if I just want to immediately jump into something without having to download it, I'll just like, okay, yeah, let me try this game out, um, for while it downloads in the background. Um, so yeah, like there's, there is inherently something about cloud streaming where it's like, if it's attached to a library of games, I think that would, is just going to be way more, uh, palatable and I guess way more successful than if it was not attached to a service like if it was just a standalone thing um, so Microsoft kind of did this smart play whenever they were like hey we're going to introduce this just for our uh, Game Pass Ultimate subscribers um, because otherwise I, I just wouldn't use it so it's fascinating to, to see that that technology and like what are good uses of it what are what are consumers kind of looking for from uses of it yeah, I mean, this, I think, you know, early on in all this, you know, we kind of thought like, okay, if we get to the point where, and I guess it would have to be 5G wideband, you know, yeah. it's like, you know, readily available everywhere. Like, Universal. Then it be, yeah, yeah, then it makes sense as like a handheld, a portable handheld, and I think that's probably the the, uh, the future of it. But like, again, that, I mean, we're we're so far off from that. Mm-hmm. not saying that it's not possible, not saying that people don't want this, not saying that people can't use it, you know, like if, you know, with, especially with X cloud, you know, like they, they're doing these deals with Samsung TVs where it just like works with Samsung TVs and streams to it and stuff like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's all cool, you know, like, and then we'll help hopefully expand um, and make it easier to get games in people's hands. But um, yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting. It's, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, kind of like VR is to me right now where it's like, you know, I don't know, you know, there there are use cases for it, and the you know, like it seems to work okay, but like mm-hmm. I, it's not adopted broadly yet. Yeah, it's it's still niche, and despite the fact that like we've been talking for years about how like oh yeah, it, you know, it'll blow up eventually, you know, <laughs> and uh, VR just hasn't, and this is a similar thing. Yeah, it's, it, it feels like it's been like well, we've been on the cusp of this being like totally useful for years now it being in tvs that's that's the play that microsoft is making into like hey these are people who these are new people these are people who don't already have a console that are going to use this but they're buying a nice tv and so then they oh his games why not like think about like a cell phone whenever it has games it's like okay some people will will play a cell phone game because like they have a cell phone and so why not play a game on it um and so that feels like maybe that's a uh, that's a a smart move to get into some hands that wouldn't normally have played a game like an Xbox game. You know, they wouldn't have gone out and bought a console for it. Um, and that's something that that Google, like we talked about first, was has just been missing here. It's just they didn't market it at all. Whereas like you know the the streaming for for Microsoft has is being marketed actively by putting it into televisions. Yeah. All right, John. Well, um, that's all we have for this week. Is that all you have? I think so. <laughs> all right. You can find us online at staytargetpodcast.com on social at Chris Wright 250. And John Wright 777. And at Stay in Target Pod. Please go to Last podcast thought, Stadia was always a bad name, Chris. <laughs> I mean, it was all right. I mean, I don't know. I what don't, is I don't, it? I, I don't even know I what it is. I don't know. Yeah, review us, tell your friends about us. We really appreciate it. Go to your broadcast service of choice, all that kind of stuff. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay Stay on on Target. Target.